You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. All right, what is good, everybody? It's time for the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano, Nick Alberga, and Carter Hutton with you. What's going on, Huts? I'm back, baby. Finally. You guys honestly sent me. I thought I got sent on waivers here. You know, finally got called back up. It feels real good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. Back in the mix. And uh, I know you played like Dominic Hasek before, but maybe you're playing like Ilya Samsonov now, which same difference, right? I mean, I don't, we, we got to talk about that, man. Like I, the mentality behind the position, there's just so much to cover. And that's why I love having you as a co-host sometimes just to, 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 to bring us behind the mask because it's such an intriguing position, you know? Yeah, it's tough, right? It's one of those ebbs and flows, right? When you're feeling it, it is so, it's not easy. It just, you get into this state where it's like the games just keep coming. The saves are made. It's easy. But when you are fighting it and we saw it firsthand with Samson off there the first half of the year and it's tough to watch and you feel for the guy, but it's nice to see him back and it's nice to see the support he's received. You know, he shows that human side of it and the fans have really got behind him, which I, uh, you know, obviously I love. It kind of hits my heartstrings here for sure. Yeah, definitely. So uh, lots coming on the show. You see the title of the show, very, very goalie-centric. Uh, tough weekend, I would say, for goaltenders, right? The All-Star weekend. I'm sure you've talked to some guys who have been All-Stars who are goalies. I'm not sure they're crazy about it, right? Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like a great honor in the <laughs> sense of, you know, you get named to the All-Star game, but everybody knows it doesn't tend well for a goalie, right? It's not built no. for them. It's built for some excitement. And they've tried to make this All-Star game work. And it seems like, you know, they've gone back to the draft this year and they're always trying to find the right formula, but it seems it's always hard to get guys to really buy in and play super competitive when nobody wants to get hurt and nobody wants to be that guy that tries a little too hard. Yeah, I feel for the tendies, man, especially when you have literally the best players on the planet in front of a big audience, a crowd, people watching on TV, and their goal is to embarrass you. Hate that. And that's why I think guys, you know, just don't try. And and that's why in the past, the skills competition, the All-Star game hasn't been as good as you probably want to see, but we'll see what's in store for here in Toronto. I can tell you Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey is on board, artfully blended and impeccably crafted. Make it your very own in partnership with the 2024 NHL All-Star Game. Lease Morning Take will be live on location starting tomorrow and also Friday, February 1st and 2nd from the Seagram's VO Whiskey Studio at Sponsorship X. Seagram's VO Select is currently available in select LCBO stores in Ontario. Please enjoy uh, this commercial. My family's very own whiskey. Barrel-aged and set apart. Marked with VO. Artfully blended. Impeccably crafted. As a wedding gift to my son for the bride and groom. And now, over a century later, from our very own family to yours, a legacy rooted in whiskey. Seagram's VO, growing deeper, reaching out, raising a glass to your legacy. Seagram's VO, make it your very own. Hutz, looking forward to that and looking forward to today's guest. Uh, minutes before we came on air, we did a, a really, really splendid interview, I thought, with uh, Eddie Belfour, Maple Leafs great Hockey Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know, obviously it was cool. For me, an honor. You know, one of these guys that paved the road for the next wave of NHL goalies. And honestly, just a competitor. You know, like you think back about his career and some of the stuff. And, you know, he said he did. Um, you know, he wore it on his sleeve. And, and I respect him for that. You know, late in his career, getting to be a Leaf, playing a lot of games. Even like buzzing through his numbers and looking on hockey DB and like track. I'm like, man, what a workhorse, right? Like 70, a lot of seasons with like over 60, you know, just under a thousand games, you know, what a great guy. And, and really cool to see him open up and how, 
he's still connected with the game and you know what he did as a goalie to improve and just I really honestly for me like really really cool moment getting a chance to interview him very nostalgic and uh, he had some really cool stories including uh, looking back at the time he signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs and it didn't look at the time the day before that he was going to be a member of the Leafs and that story's coming down uh, Eddie Bell for in about 20 minutes from now at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube if you're watching right now pound that like button subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401 Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcasts as well leave us a five-star review and I know a couple of you have have done so in the last couple of weeks, so appreciate that. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order, $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25 in uppercase. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So a big focus clearly of this show will be goaltending. I think it's perfect with Eddie the Eagle coming on and obviously having you so to, to lean on. Ilya Samsonov, man, since returning, 3-1-0, 1.48, one shutout. What's your level of confidence with this guy right now? Good, really good. Um, you know, numbers aside, like throw the numbers out the window, in my opinion, it's like the eye test for me, right? Because there was times early in the year where he was winning games and he was getting by and it was ugly. It was tough to watch. He was overplaying pucks. And even after the first, the Seattle game, I was still a little suspect, not a lot of work, but then he's been, this Winnipeg game just was, both games were awesome. Just steady, compact, moving well. The Samsonoff we saw last year, even like a few saves where it's like, he's just his positioning and, and smart reads and his confidence is there, which is nice to see because it's something you need moving forward, right? And Martin Jones has done a great job. He's come up. I know he started to struggle a little bit on, but like this is a better situation where you can have him, Samsonov playing it. He's the guy that can bring you to the promised land, right? He's the difference maker. He can go out there and steal you a game and make a difference in the playoffs. So it's nice to see him finding his game back. And even honestly, I know the break's coming right now, but it's almost better for him. Like get away a little bit, reset. Now we'll get, get ready for a big second half here. So you think that's what it is, right? Because we were mulling that over the other day. Like, is this does this benefit a guy like Ilya Samsonov, who's one of the hotter goal, goalies in the league right now? I know it's a small sample size, but the way he was playing the confidence, you think it, it will benefit him getting a couple of days off here? Yeah, I think so. I think being yeah. wound so tight for so long, when you start thinking about like, you're not worried about next week or the week after necessarily. You're worried about making a playoff push. So I think just this little reset will be okay. You know, he has... He obviously what he did with that reset has helped a ton too. So now he has a skill set of like, okay, this is what I need to do to define myself, how I need to play, what I need to do. And that prep work is set. So now when he steps back in there, everything's ready to rock. And I think just a little extra time to get the body ready. And, and obviously talking to Eddie, he mentioned something there you'll hear earlier, like setting himself up for a playoff run. And that's what Samsonov needs to do. And that's what this Leafs team needs to do. Yeah, it's, it's it's very Toronto, too, in the fact that, like, if you were to ask me three weeks ago who the number one guy is, I would have told you somebody completely different. Like, we, we've talked that nauseam about all three guys already this season, and now it's like, it seems like Martin Jones is in the periphery, right? Like, Samsonov plays as long as he keeps winning, right? And Joseph Wall is not too far away, you would think, from coming back. And all of a sudden, you start to wonder about the future of Martin Jones with Toronto. Like, it's crazy how quickly things can change in this market, eh? Yeah, it's nuts. It's one of those things where you can never have too many goaltending, but at the same time, it's such a, you know, what have you done for me lately position, right? And it's something that I've been humbled by a lot of times where it's, you know, I'll play really good. I remember one time I was on a road trip. I shut out San Jose on Friday. I played Saturday back to back, gave up one, 
then we came home and I lost to Ottawa 5-3 the next night. They didn't even bring Jake Allen on the trip. And I just sat in the stands watching. Like, it was wild. I was like blackballed because we were struggling. So it's like sometimes they need a scapegoat too, right? Where I think having having Martin Jones, Joseph Wall, hopefully Wall could come back and find form. Now you got three options. That's what we want. We want options here because who's playing well for me? Who's hot? And then you can run with guys. If a guy's struggling, get another guy in there. And you look at all these other teams, look at the success like Connor Ingram's having, Alex Lyon, these guys that are not humongous names, but you get hot at the right time can make a world of difference for a team like this. It's fascinating too, right? Because we see uh, more than one team now in the league employ a three goalie system. Uh, you just talked about it. I don't think it's a good idea for a team like the Maple Leafs. I, I think you're going to get the question more often than you already do about who's starting the next game. Would you even think about that type of scenario once Wall comes back? No, I like I. Th- I think you got to see where Wall's at, right? You need a measuring stick, you know, because the ankle's no joke. Right. So you hope for him to be healthy and come back and regain that form, but it's going to take a bit. You know, I don't know if that's a conditioning stint or or what it does, but in the, in the interim, we got to keep Samsonov moving forward on the up and up, right? Like that's the main thing. We don't need any bumps in the road like he had in the first half. And for Martin Jones, he's a veteran guy. So if he's not playing minutes or he's, he's been in this role before he understands it, he's not going to bitch and complain. He's going to come to work and he's going to be an, a pro, right? He's been doing his whole career and he's a guy that I think with rest, managing his minutes, when he does get chances to play, he can come in and be helpful for this team, win games when you want to give Samson off or Wall a break, if, you know, depending on how this dynamic sets up here as we move forward. But also, too, like the last couple of weeks has given you focus, like anything can change and happen with a, with a whim. I mean, an injury, a trade. I mean, anything is possible, as we know, in this market. So something to document at the very least. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the charm masterpiece program and an unbeating unbeatable excuse me pricing policy don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing oac the trade deadline huts is a big topic of conversation on this podcast as well and certainly a lot of time between that but it's coming quicker than you think march 8th how do you feel about this team do you do you think they should look at really really adding or do you you know status quo is there like you know something around the edges here you know, I, I think there's got to be some sort of an addition, right? Like you think about these guys, that they've, you know, we're going to try to run it back with the same thing, get the same results, which I struggle with without adding a D-man, without adding some depth. But at the same time, it's that risk of like, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? You want to move somebody, but are you going to get rid of a prospect that has a ton of future? That's my take with this team, right? What have they done that's going to make the difference? And for me, it it comes down to this core four too. Like, I don't know who you move or what you can make happen, but like, I just don't see with this heavy front loaded offense, you know, where you're going to win and what is going to happen. It just seems like the same thing, right? I, I heard Rosie's rant and I really, really enjoyed so it. Uh, right. And he's, he's usually bang on when he goes off, but it's the truth though, right? Like what have they done for you lately? Other than these like personal accolades, you know, you need to find something that's going to be a winner in the playoffs. Cause at the end of the day, that's what this market wants. And that's what I think overall, everybody who's part of this team, they need to find a way to win and get over that hump. And right now it seems like we're just going through deja vu land again. We have a playlist called Rosie's Rants. And if you haven't checked that out, I don't know what you're waiting for. And it just, it was like a come to God moment for me yesterday. I was editing the show and I'm like, I just remember vividly this rant he went on yesterday's show where I just sat back. It was just one of those moments, three plus minutes. And I was reading the comments, which I don't normally do, but a lot of people like were bang on. 
it was a breakdown of the last eight years and three minutes for Rosie. Like he's just so effective at that. And he just hit everything. He shot down fucking Shanahan and the core four. Like I thought it was perfectly put. So make sure you go check it out on our YouTube channel at the Leafs nation 401. But I tend to agree with you. I mean, the only caveat I would throw, if you can find somebody and maybe it's not a Chris Tanev, maybe it's a Noah Hannafin where, you know, you'll have an elite ability to re-sign that guy, then I'd be more open to trading, you know, one of your prospects, list the name. Uh, I think currently constructed, you look at the names out there, there's not really somebody out there where I'm like, wow, they got to get this guy because he's going to be a pendulum swinger for this team. Ultimately, I think if it makes sense, and they obviously have to be feeling this way, you would have to, I I would be open to anything. I, I mean, never say never. It's not like the Leafs don't have the talent to go far, right? It's all about putting it together. No, I agree. And, you know, if you can get someone that's going to be a Leaf for a while, right? I just think the risk of like a rental player makes no sense when you're going to lose an asset. Um, for me, it just the biggest worry, truthfully, is like when we talk about like structure and we talk about the way they play and then we talk about the back end. Those are the big like glaring problems for me, in my opinion, because the run and gun is just I just don't believe this is going to be the way the playoffs are played. I know like you look at Vegas, everyone's wants to be Vegas now. Right. And the year before everybody wanted to be whatever team wins the cup. That is where our identity is trying to be in this copycat league. But at the same sense, it makes a lot more sense to build from within, find these guys, you know, have a guy in the system you can develop because when you start, start trying to trade for guys or just buy guys in free agency, that's when obviously, you know, the bill goes up and and they're in the situation they're in paying these guys way too much money, I think. So it's going to be tough. They're a little bit handicapped, but at the same time, it goes to show you that like the goaltending, when guys get hot, it doesn't really matter how you play, you can be a difference. So the impact goaltending has on games. Not to play devil's advocate, because again, I agree with everybody on all the great hosts we have on this podcast. You, Stewie, uh, Rosie, of course. That I, I don't, I wouldn't say they owe it to the core because they've they've had it, you know, opportunity time and time again. But my wonder is like, if you don't buy at the deadline or don't actively go after it, like how that translates, knowing that it's another year wasted again anything can happen like you could not make a trade of the deadline you can get to the postseason something clicks for this team and they go on a run but like revisionist thinking can you make that decision knowing who you have on your roster yeah i know i think you have to make that decision they got to do something but you also see some other teams that have like really good teams already that are built that are winning you know you look at boston last year they add a few pieces then all of a sudden they lose in the playoffs too exactly you know does that mess with the core with the rhythm you know you you have things moving in the right direction which is tricky right that's always the one like it's always going to be hindsight right you look at like the there's so many different situations always remember the ryan miller trade which is like that huge trade right st louis gets him from buffalo it's like that's the piece they needed and then he couldn't play in that system because he was used to getting 40 shots a night and getting peppered right so some other guys come from different teams different systems can they get up to speed and can they gel in this thing which is always tricky right because they've a lot of guys been playing on the same line all year and then you you sub a guy out and it throws the whole feng shui off name canada's best mattress on canadian living douglas is loved by more than two hundred thousand canadians and they're backed by over ten thousand five-star reviews the best part about it douglas is a very easy online ordering system So you can avoid those pushy salesmen. I hate them. Everything's delivered in a box right to your doorstep with free shipping available coast to coast to coast. Meantime, thanks to Douglas's industry-leading risk-free trial that spans one year in duration. If you don't like your mattress, you can get a refund. No questions asked, which is great. Every mattress order comes with a free comfort sleep bundle. 
two memory foam pillows with pillow protectors, one luxurious cotton sheet set, and one mattress protector. That's $600, $650 value, excuse me, yours free when you order a Douglas mattress now. And we have our own link too. Order today at douglas.ca backslash LMT. That's douglas.ca backslash LMT. And many thanks to our new friends over at Douglas. And I, I'm, I'm happy you brought that conversation because everybody wants to talk about goaltending in the regular season. Uh, now is not the time. Like I, I think history shows if you go after a goalie right now, it's probably not going to work out. It has to be an offseason move, no? No, yeah, I agree. I think going now is just too risky. And again, it's almost one of those things like, who can get hot at the right time? Like it's literally like True. something that wish you could negotiate in free agency. Like, okay, so uh, when do you plan on getting hot this year? Because we're going to need you to get hot in this month, right? Like, because it's honestly one of those things. Like you see different runs, even like Martin Jones per se, that the run he had in San Jose went at the Cup final, got hot at the right time, played really well. Like, there's so many different stories of guys playing well at the right time versus the fact of like i always i always fall back on the fact that there's like you know five to ten guys that are just like the best in the world that are elite like even in my days when i was playing like not that i'm that far removed but like you know through over my 10 12 you know played 12 years professionally 10 in the nhl there was guys that were just better they were just better than everyone like you know carrie price was one of them for sure in my generation you could just tell you'd like play against him you'd be like man this guy is just better than he just does everything better. Playing with Pekka Rennie, you're like, man, this guy is 6'4", a freak, can do everything better than me. But like, I'm just as effective because I can manage a game too. So it's how you manage those games, how you can do that. But then at the same time, those guys are maybe more consistent, but there's all those guys that fill out the league, that get hot at the right time. They're there for a reason. Man, anyone can win with those guys. And it's just a matter of getting it going at the right time. So Daily Faceoffs, Matt Larkin uh, put an article yesterday highlighting four teams that could make sense for UC Saros if and when the Preds trade for him. Like, he has to be a great candidate for the Maple Leafs, right? Like, he's 28, one year left at $5 million bucks. Um, I don't know how, where you stand. and You obviously have the affiliation to that market in Nashville, but I think this guy instantly solves your goaltending issues for three to five years, assuming you can re-sign him after next year. Like I, I think if there's anybody of the echelon of a UC Saros available, the Leafs have to at least be picking up the phone and making a call, no? Yeah, I think so. UC does everything right. He's so consistent. He's so robotic, but he's so athletic. He's undersized, but at the same sense, this guy has a lot of NHL pedigree. He's played a lot of good playoff games too, where – a lot of times he's getting Nashville. He hasn't had a great season comparatively to what he did last year, but he is a guy that can be a difference maker. He's an all-world goalie, and I love UC Saros. I love the way he carries himself, and I feel like with his experience and his demeanor and the way he handles himself, he's built for this Toronto market, right? He's already got a little bit of thick skin, and he can get the job done there. What do you think Nashville's thinking, right? Because to a degree, they dealt with this, what, 10 years ago with Pecorine and UC Saros. But I, I I wonder, I mean, Yaroslav Askarov is waiting in the wings in the, in the minors. He's been excellent this year. I think at the very least, I think he's going to be the backup next season. But obviously, obviously, there's a variety of factors. So like July 1, they can talk extension with UC Saros, but who knows where his head's at? And on top of that, what do you think a guy like Saros commands on on the on the market, on the open market too? Yeah, he's definitely going to get a pay bump, right? So I don't know where his thoughts are at. Like at 28, you think at this point, he's either going to want to get a max deal, right? Like gets eight years if he's going to stay with the Preds, 
or if he's going to free agency, you know, maybe he takes like a three or a shorter deal for more money so he can play three good years on a good team and then ca- really cash in too, right? It's kind of that tricky transition from, I find from like 28, you're still like in your prime, but you're still seeing goalies at, at 31, 32 getting big tickets, right? So for him, it's he's kind of in the driver's seat. Obviously, he hasn't had like an unbelievable season, but for me, this guy is, he's confirmed good all around good person does everything right. Any team would kill to have this guy as their goalie. Well, Hudson, am I crazy in thinking that like a guy of, of this status becomes available, like every team who doesn't have a bona fide stud, like this is me talking from a point where I know Joseph walls in the mix. And I know we believe in Joseph wall and it seems like he has a bright future, but if you're, you're talking to me and say, Hey, we can upgrade at the position and it, it won't be a topic of conversation for X amount of years. Like I, I'm at a point where I'm I'm open, I'm willing, if I'm Bradtree Living, to talk anybody on that roster. I don't care if it's the core four. I don't care if it's a prospect like Easton Cowan or Fraser Minton. I, I think all hands on deck. I, I just i am so tired of this conversation in this market. Now, granted, w- would you be shocked at all if they acquire UC Saros and he stinks up the joint in Toronto? Probably not. But I think you have to, it's a good, good, you know, gamble to take, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's the sure thing, right? Especially like not that Joseph Wall has been great, but like you think about his injuries, he's been hurt a lot and he still really doesn't have that. Like he's finally got the keys to the castle. He gets hurt, kind of an innocent play. I feel for him, right? Does he get back to form? Are these injuries something that's going to go on forever? Where UC's played a ton of games, right? You think back to the Leafs when they've had sure things, right? You think back to like, you know, we talked we talked to Eddie Belfort earlier, you know, Curtis Joseph, these guys that were like already established, they've, They've already got that demeanor to play in the NHL. The market's not going to totally mess them up. So I think he would be the sure thing, right? And I agree with you. Like, I feel like every team that doesn't have their guy or, you know, you take out Winnipeg, you take out Vasilevsky, Demko, these guys that already are bona fide starters in different markets. If you're in the market for a goal and UC Saros is available, you're definitely, you know, you're talking to him. You're trying to figure out if there's some deal that can get worked out. Mitch Marner for UC Saros. How do you feel about that? Totally fine. Totally fine. Wouldn't wouldn't sweat me one bit. I don't know. Because Mitch Marner's going to want so much money. And I think at this point, like, what is he going to do that's going to help this team move forward to win? Where UC Saros, I think, gives them a much better chance come playoff time. My concern, too, like, if, if this name does come out there, we're just speculating. I mean, there's been back and forth. And Barry Trotz, the GM in Nashville, has done a good job of sort of hiding and not really showing his cards. But, like... I think people have to comprehend, and you're perfect to tell us this. Like, this, this guy is a legit elite netminder in this league, right? Like, where I think his value, I, I wasn't kidding with that request. Like, I think his value is that high that, you know, Nashville could be asking for the world, and understandably so, no? Yeah, I think so. Cause I think they're going to lobby teams against each other and get it moving that way. And I think he's worth it. He's one of those guys. When I was in Nashville, so I had a two year, I, I was on a one year, two way deal. Then I signed a, I played the full season. Then I got a two-year extension. And after that deal, they were trying to re-sign me. And UC Saros was coming. He had been in the minors. And they were like, hey, I wanted a two-year deal because I had played well. I wanted term. I was always wanted term because I knew like if I got term, yeah. I was going to be safe. And I remember the goalie coach having a conversation with me one, one day. And he was just like, why do you want two years? I was like, because I want the protection. And he said, well, take one year. Get as much as you can because UC's coming. They're going to try to get rid of you anyway. <laughs> and I literally, I remember that was when I left and went to St. Louis because of that conversation. I was like, and he was so good. I had been with him. He was like a robot. So it was like the writing was on the wall for me when this kid was coming, it was time for me to get out. And 
And everyone always had that knock, like what he could do at the NHL level at his size. And he's proven, proven that he can get the job done. Dude, it's just so frustrating being in Toronto. You look at that that franchise specifically, know to churn out defensemen and goalies. Like you go from Rene to Saros to I guess Askarov now. I mean, uh, the, the the I mean, there's still fair to question his career, but I mean, he is trending upwards. It really is an embarrassment of riches, and it's so hard to quantify why that is the case in Nashville that they've done just a great job on the back end and obviously in the crease. Yeah, you know, obviously ever. Uh... You know, you have Pekka Rene, a guy who's a lifer, right? I think he was a sixth or seventh rounder too, right? So it's one of those things where yeah. they find they find a way to get good goalies and uh, not putting myself into that category, but it was a good kickstart for my career. And I think having that good back end has always helped too. I think they put a lot of, you know, Mitch Korn was there for a lot of years and I think he built a great foundation. Benny Vanderklok came in and has done a great job. Good friend, good person, a guy that works hard. And, and I think just management with Poyle, and now obviously staying in that tradition, they have, you know, Barry Trotz there now. And I think they've built a great culture, which, you know, at that point, you know, you have a good system, you have good scouts and they find a way to really grow their prospects, especially in that, which is really hard to come by. Cause when you start shopping from the free market, you're paying top dollar. Yeah. Go ask the Ottawa senators, uh, Eunice Corpusello, that contract is stinky, man. And uh, I got to give some love. I know people in the chat, producer Vic as well, Thomas Vokun. It's a lefty sandwich. They're going to go Vokun. They're going to go Rene, um, obviously Saros, and then Askarov. We do love our lefty netminders here on the podcast. Meantime, the following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party team building event or have a great date night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com. Without further ado, again, we caught up with Hockey Hall of Famer, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Eddie Belfort. Enjoy. Eddie, what an honor this is to do this uh, with a uh, Hall of Famer and you and a former Toronto Maple Leaf netminder. How are you? What have you been up to? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, staying busy with uh, Belfort Spirits lately. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. We're going to get to that to wrap this interview. But first and foremost, it's All-Star Weekend here in Toronto. You were named an All-Star a couple of times in your career. What what did that honor mean to you, Eddie? Well, it was definitely a, a great time of the year. It's a nice time to get with some of, uh, when I was a younger player, get some of my, my heroes, you know, Wayne Gretzky and Lemieux and those guys. And, uh, you know, All-Star Weekend's great weekend for the fans. and. Uh, you show off your skills and, and have a lot of fun and, you know, meet a lot of people and the fans are right into it. And, you know, unfortunately it's for us goalies, we get exposed pretty good sometimes. So. Yeah. Eddie, obviously, uh, you know, the all-star games can be pretty open and throughout your career, you know, you were a workhorse, right? You played a ton of games, a lot of seasons, you know, even 70 games a year, you know, that's obviously changed. Now they try to have two rotations, you know, how did you manage, you know, the body, the mind, you know, especially with all-star break, right? You're, you know, you weren't getting those breaks. You were playing in all-star games and majority of your years, you're gearing up for a big playoff run. Yeah. You know, I was always, uh, you know, an all around athlete, played a lot of different sports. I did triathlons. Uh, I was a great runner track and cross country. So I was in great trait, great shape. Um, you know, I had a lot of endurance, the max VO two tests. I was always at the top of the heap. And um, I think that allowed me to recover you know, from game to game, practice to practice, I just felt fresh most of the time. And, um, you know, with the competitive nature that I had, um, you know, you work through the, the things when you're tired and, and injuries and stuff like that. Um, also, back then, I think the schedule, 
was probably a little bit better for us guys. It was spread out a bit more. So in between games, you know, we, we weren't playing, you know, every second day, um, you know, the schedule was, it gave us sometimes three, four days in between games. Yeah. We, we played obviously back to back quite often, but I think the schedule was just um, a little bit longer. Um, you know, nowadays it seems like they're playing every second day. Um, and, and I had coaches that would allow me to have a day off or, you know, take it easy in practice uh, when I was a little bit tired or, you know, played a lot of games in a row. Um, and that makes a huge difference. We have a coach that, that can do that for you. And so I'm glad you brought that up because obviously Hutz played in the NHL most recently as a couple of years ago. And the position, even from back in your day, has changed tenfold where it's like really, really evolved. We're a tandem. It's all about a tandem system. And I was just curious, so to get your opinion on the way the position has changed. And obviously you're saying a lot of it has to do with the schedule these days, right? It's a lot different, a lot more strenuous than back in your day, right? Yeah, for sure. Um I think if you can, you know, have a couple of guys that are on the top of their game and, and help the team win on a regular basis, uh, especially for the first half of the season um, and rotate them through that way, you know, they're not going to be as tired going into the second half. Um, you know, I always tried to focus my game, you know, from January on, I was focusing on getting ready for the playoffs. I make sure I had all my, equipment ready for the playoffs you know made sure that everything felt great and the body was feeling good um you know i think when you have two guys that can play that's a positive but at some point after january you got to pick a date where you're going to kind of go with one guy because the team has to get used to one guy in the playoffs when you have a guy that's hot and you know i think last year the year before um was at Boston, you know, they, they started rotating goalies in, in the playoffs and the team has to get used to, you know, the, the goalie, they, they play different, differently sometimes for one guy versus the other. And, and the whole pregame ritual and the warmups, you know, guys get used to doing it a certain way. So at some point, you know, after January, you got to kind of go with a horse, I believe. And, and you stick with that guy throughout the playoffs. And, uh, you know, in the history of the game, it's, it's kind of worked that way for the most part. Um, you know, for me, it worked that way. Uh, if I was playing game after game, I got into my rhythm. I could work through things, um, you know, a lot easier. And, and you've seen teams that have tried to do it the other way and come playoffs. It, it's tough to get through that first round sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, and sadly, I would say the uh, the age of the workhorses is is flowing out. I mean, you look at even some of the names at All Star Weekend, a lot of a different story, uh, with exception, of course, to a guy like Connor Hellebuck. Thatcher Demko is going to be there. Jake Ottinger, a younger type guy, a Russian, and Igor Shosturkin. Do you have some guys you just really enjoy watching right now? Well, Jake is fun to watch here in Dallas. I'm in Dallas, so I get to see him. Um, you know, he has a little bit of that old school way where he's acrobatic and and making those uh, pretty amazing saves. I, I love stuff like that. Um, you know, I was that type of goalie, do whatever it takes to, to stop the puck. If you're diving around, who cares? As long as you get the job done, you don't have to look pretty doing it. So I like those type of goalies, uh, do whatever it takes. Uh, athleticism, you know, obviously a huge part of his game. 
you know, it's just, uh, it's fun to watch. You know, Eddie, honestly, looking up to you, you know, making my way into the NHL and, you know, a guy like you, I grew up watching and I feel like for you, you always had so much confidence and you were just a guy that, you know, you wanted to play, be in the big game and, and you knew you were going to get the job done. I think for me, that was something I had to like grow into. You know, I got to the NHL was almost a bit overwhelming. Then as I got there, I got more internal confidence and like just almost arrogance to myself internally to be like, Hey, I'm the man, you know, how did you get that? Was that naturally easy for you or something you kind of grew into, you know, as you play, cause you're well known for that. And obviously everybody knows you got the job done and you've, you want to stand the cup. Yeah, I think I was born with it. Thank God for that. Uh, you know, he gave me that competitive nature and the confidence and I hated losing at everything. Ever since I was like four or five years old, didn't matter what we were playing. I hated losing. And, uh, you know, like I said, I played a lot of sports, which I think helped all that. Um, you know, I played basketball, which uh, I was way too aggressive in basketball and got kicked <laughs> out, followed out almost every game. So you had to learn how to control that temper and that that focus o- over, you know, a long period of time. And thank goodness I did play all those other sports because, <laughs> uh, you know, once I got to the NHL, I was still very aggressive, you know, probably led the league and penalties quite often for as a goalie. And, um, but you, you got to have that focus and that confidence. You got to be your best, your own best friend. You, you know, Carter is, is a goalie. Bad things happen to us, bad luck. Uh, and you just like, sometimes you, when you're younger, you get pissed off at yourself and you get down on yourself. And then next thing, you know, you give up another three goals and it just, you know, snowballs into you know a three game four game losing streak so you know i'd learned uh from cal botterell in chicago uh he was our sports psychologist uh mike keenan brought him in he's from winnipeg manitoba him and i got you know off to a great start i loved him i used a lot of his techniques throughout my career and i think that was a huge help for me him um, and Vladislav Trechak was my first goalie coach. I had him in Chicago also. So I had those guys in my corner that could help, you know, tame me, I guess, and, and control the mind, help control the mind. And, and, you know, they taught me how to be my own best friend and, and to focus on, you know, just being in the moment, save after save, don't play the scoreboard, just compete. And, you know, give 110%, which I always did. All that added up to, you know, a lot of wins and championships. And, and of course, you know, I was very blessed to, to have been on so many great teams. And you can't win without being on great teams. That's true. And uh, Eddie, it's, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because here in Toronto, Elias Samsonov, a Russian net miner, the first half of the season, he couldn't stop a beach ball. They put him on waivers. He went on a bit of a sabbatical ever since he's come back uh, four appearances. He's three, one and oh, he's been really, really good. And, and obviously you guys could speak be- best to it. I mean, you've played the position the the mental game, I think this day and age specifically is just so strenuous and hard. And you talk about the schedule I could totally understand why somebody w- would struggle with that. Like mental health is so big now. And, and that was plaguing Ilya Samsonov earlier this season. Well, playing in Toronto is not the easiest place to play either. So uh, for, for the young goalies, I always feel, you know, a little, a little sad for them. And I was lucky when I came to Toronto, I was a veteran, had won a Stanley cup and, you know, I, I could handle the press. Uh, you know, much better than when I was a younger player. 
when I was in Chicago, I didn't handle the press that well. And in Toronto, you know, we had a lot of help there in Toronto too. You know, I had two guys always with me that would look out for me and, and, you know, bring me out with the press and then say, Hey, you know, Ed's got to leave. He's got to go do therapy or, you know, be in the gym. And, and so they gave me like 10 minutes with the press and then they'd take me away. And so it, it was a, a tough deal in the beginning when I first got there to get used to it as a veteran. So the young guys nowadays, I, I, like I said, I feel a bit sorry for them, but sometimes, you know, it takes a, a you know, a kick in the ass, you know, you, you get knocked down and, you know, the cream always rises to the top. And, you know, I've been knocked down many times throughout my career and my life. And you just, you got that inner strength and uh, you just say, Hey, I got to be better. And you find a way you watch video, you get on the ice with your coach, you, you, you work on the things that maybe weren't working for you. You got to change your style a little bit. If I had played the same way, throughout my career as when I was a rookie, I probably only lasted maybe five, six years. You have to learn to adapt and get better all the time and, and change your style. And even from year to year with different guys coming in front of you, uh, defense play a different way. You got to learn how to play with your defense. It takes a little while. So all that adds up. Yeah. And he obviously something I can attest to. I feel like when I came in the league, the way I played, I had to adapt to survive, right? Especially I wasn't a big pick. I was nobody's baby. So I always had to work and, and find a way to, you know, alter my game to get better. And, and for me, I, I look at your career and, you know, you played a lot of games for the Leafs, right? And, you know, you played for a bunch of different organizations. I guess maybe describe what it is like to play for the Leafs though. And, you know, I know there's the off the rink, the pressure, but like the good side of it, you know, like being you're in the Mecca of hockey and, you know, you played a lot of good games, playoff games, regular season, you know, just having that fan base comparatively to the other teams you played for. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and, uh, I, I love being, you know, part of an organization that has the history, part of a city, city that has history and loves the game so much. And, and everyone's focused on, the game, the Leafs, and I just absolutely loved it and cherished it. Loved going to the rink every day. Uh, Pat Quinn was our, our coach and GM. I loved him. He, he treated the boys, you know, first class, treated us like men. And um, it was just a, an honor to play for the Leafs. And I just wish we could have, uh, you know, raised the cup while I was there. That would have been amazing. Oh, shit. You're saying that it's been like 50 plus years. We're still waiting for that Stanley Cup, Eddie, in this market. It's just uh, every year, every year. But uh, I totally understand that. You, you talk about Pat Quinn. You talk about 2002 when you signed that contract on July 2nd. Maybe take us behind the scenes, like how everything came together and you became a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because the one thing people forget is that you had the pressure of filling the big boots of a guy like Curtis Joseph, too, right? Yeah, so that was a quite an interesting deal there. Um, I was actually uh, talking more with Detroit at the moment, uh, you know, leading up to July 1st free agency. And uh, my my agent, Ron Seltzer, was like, Ed, I think we're going to sign end up signing with the Red Wings. And all of a sudden, July 1st, you know, midnight comes in and we get a call from Toronto. And we're like... Where did that come from? Well, little did we know Curtis left Toronto and signed with the Red Wings and the Red Wings chose Curtis over me. And uh, I said, OK, well, that's awesome because I, I love the Maple Leafs. That's my mom's uh, favorite team. So <laughs> let's go. And, uh, you know, signed the contract. 
uh, Pat Quinn, you know, I loved him right from the start. Always uh, looked up to Pat and, uh, you know, it was just uh, an amazing time. You know, obviously, uh, being through free agency myself, um, you know, having similar things, you know, there's only so many seats at the table, right? I think people don't understand that. And obviously the category that you and Curtis Joseph are in are a lot of different than the category I was in, but in the same sense, right, there's only so many jobs. And I don't know if people understand totally how that works. And, you know, the pressure that went on over your career, even as a guy, you're trying to make this right decision, you know, was that something you guys would always have thought into? Or would you go and do you ever have your teams kind of slotted out? You knew where you wanted to be and and how was that process for you? Yeah, so Ron Seltzer, my agent, and Buddy Voth, uh, my manager, um, we would get together and talk about the different maybe opportunities that might be available, you know, leading up to July 1st. And uh, when I was in San Jose, uh, I was traded from Chicago to San Jose uh, January 26th of 97. So I was in San Jose only for about three months in the season and um it was a tough go i had back problems at the time uh, i think in my second game with the sharks i uh, blew up my uh, mcl so i was playing with a brace and my back was messed up so they didn't sign me july 1 was what was approaching and uh we narrowed it down to a few teams and uh one of the teams we narrowed down was the dallas stars and um again you know midnight comes on july 1st and uh, we reached out to uh, Bob Ganey and Dallas Stars and said, hey, we're interested. You know, are you guys interested? And so one thing led to another, and I ended up being a Dallas Star and winning the Stanley Cup there. So uh, we did our research. Bob Ganey, amazing general manager, and, and obviously the history of the Montreal Canadiens and, and the Cups and you know, the type of player he was. And you could see, you know, what type of team he was putting together there in Dallas and we wanted to be part of that and and be a part of a team that could you know have a chance to win the Stanley Cup and that's that was my dream was to to win that cup it's a it's really amazing how stuff works out and I just referenced this market they obviously have a really good team they have Austin Matthews I'm sure you've had a chance to check him out he's gonna be a prolific name here at All-Star Weekend Willie Nylander has been great Mitch Marner like there's an embarrassment of riches on this Maple Leafs team can you imagine being a goalie facing off against these guys it's crazy Oh, they're, they're amazing uh, skilled players nowadays. Obviously, the game is, is, is faster, uh, a lot more skill involved. Uh, the, they, they've created the time and space for those type of forwards to, to be able to show off their skills. Um, the sticks are so much better nowadays. You know, they, they shoot, you know, just a snapshot, you know, from these guys is probably 100 miles an hour so. They just ripped the puck with a little, you know, kind of like Brett Hall did back in the day. You know, puck was on a stick and it was, you know, he had that 85 flex and it would just whip off of there so fast. Um, it would definitely be a challenge uh, to play against these guys. Um, I think I would enjoy the challenge. Uh, I always enjoyed those type of challenges. But when you got those kind of skill guys, um, you know, that's an important part to winning, obviously. And I feel like, you know, with us in Dallas, we had Joe Newendike, we had Mike McDonald, Brett Hall, and but we had the other guys that were were behind those guys. Um, you know, Carboneau, Mike Keane, uh, Verbeek. We had a lot of gritty guys. Uh, you know, that would would go into the corners. Yuri Lettinen, uh, Selkie Trophy winner. 
you you got to have those guys to support those skill guys. And and when you have that combination of that grit and, and the, the guys who play, you know, tough defensively and, and, and on PK like we had in Dallas, it allows those skill guys to shine. And that's that's the 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 really tough thing, I think, in the league to try and create and, and for the GMs to to replicate. But you, you look at the teams who have won the Stanley Cup, they have both. And yeah, great goaltending. Yeah. yeah, no, I was just going to say, especially in a salary cap world, it's just really, really difficult to do. And we talk about that all the time in Toronto. It's based off uh, the core four and then everybody else and just finding the depth has been really, really difficult. Uh, lastly, tell us about Belfort Spirits. Yeah, so uh, we make bourbon whiskey and rye whiskey. Rye is my favorite. Obviously, being from Canada, I grew up drinking rye whiskey. So uh, been at it for about nine years almost now. Uh, we're looking forward to coming to Canada. We've been trying to do that. COVID was a, a tough deal for us. We, we launched in October of 19 with our products. And then um, I wasn't able to come to Canada for about three years. So we're looking forward to bringing Belfort Spirits to Canada and sharing our great rye whiskey and with with uh, fellow Canadians. And uh, it's been uh, uh, a lot of fun, a uh, very social environment, just the same as it was for my hockey career. Uh, you know, people don't realize nowadays with social media, the guys can't go out and have fun like we did when, when I was a rookie and, and a young player in the league. I, I tell this story quite often. Uh, when I was a rookie, first time going to, to Winnipeg, I grew up just an hour from Winnipeg in Carmen, Manitoba. And all my friends and family were there. And, uh, you know, nowadays you have all these recovery drinks and, you know, Powerades and Gatorades and all that kind of stuff. And after the game in Winnipeg, we had Labatt's Blue and Crown Royal on our on our table for our recovery drinks. So <laughs> you could always go out after the game and have some fun, you know, at, at the local bar you know, with the fans, the fans loved being part of, of the team and, and hanging out with the team in Chicago. We had Chili's Chili's chili bar and the fans were there. We'd hang out with the fans. You can't do that anymore. Uh, you know, social media, you know, there's always somebody taking a photo uh, yeah. of, of guys and posting stuff that nine times out of 10 isn't true. So I, I feel bad for the guys nowadays. They can't really enjoy that. Like, like I did. But uh, I'm thankful for the opportunities and, and the fun that uh, the game gave me. Uh, Belfort Spirits is, is that now for me. Uh, like I said, hockey's given me all these opportunities. I love sharing our bourbon and our rye whiskey with my fans and uh, look forward to coming to Canada, like I said. Well, it's uh, great to see that legendary face and uh, don't be shy to share that with us as well. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, awesome, guys. Thank you for Thanks, having Eddie. me. Hey, go Leafs. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Eddie. It, it was an honor. I love the finish there, Eddie, the ego, man. That was really nostalgic doing that interview. Brought me back to like 20 years ago, you know? Yeah, it was cool. He had some good games for the Leafs, too. What a competitor. So it was uh, it was really cool to talk to him. And uh, I actually have my parents' house. There's a photo of Eddie downstairs. It's the Olympic gold medal team for uh, Canada. So he's yeah. in a photo and pretty cool. Something we didn't touch on. But, uh, you know, what an honor. That's sweet. That's sweet. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. So the uh, All-Star selection draft coming up on NHL All-Star Thursday. The skills on Friday. Who Who's going to be the last player selected? Or Better yet, 
Who is the first player taken by Team Matthews? Is it going to be a Maple Leaf, or would you find money elsewhere? Because I'm looking elsewhere. I think they don't make that decision, man. I don't know. If it's Matthews, he might try to buy a goalie. You know what I mean? Something he's been <laughs> looking for for a long time. So I don't know. It'll be interesting if he doesn't take a player. But, yeah, it'd be nice to see them playing against each other. No, it's just more so we had this conversation yesterday. I mean, could you imagine Mitch Marner's face if Austin Matthews doesn't pick him first? Yeah, yeah, he'd probably be pouting there, and uh, it'd be interesting to yeah. see it. I remember Phil Kessel taking so much heat going last, so it'll be interesting to see who gets drafted where. I like the draft. It's fun. There's yeah. no harm, no foul. It's it's all good, and it, it especially spreads it out when you're used to seeing guys together all the time. You get to see a different dynamic. Can't forget uh, the skills competition on Friday as well. The winner of the whole competition will win a million bucks, and presumably they'll probably spend it on King Street West, and hopefully I'm there to uh, reap the benefits of that. Well, uh, Hutz, excellent stuff. Killed him, my man. Um, Eddie Belfour was fantastic as well. We'll talk soon, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nikki. Have a fun time this weekend and uh, stay out of trouble. I will try my very best. Again, Jay Rosa rolling into town. We're going to be at Sponsorship X coming up tomorrow and Friday, so stay tuned for that. Some uh, great guests cooking in terms of a lineup as well. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. Fantastic stuff at the Leafs Nation 401. Again, thank you to Ed Belfour and thank you to producer Vic. That's Carter Hutton. I'm Nick Alberga. Talk on Thursday. Take care.